I imagine you have had this experience as I have. Rosalind Stone Zander says that once she needed to finish a book and she decided that every weekend she would head to a little cabin with everything she needed to write. She arrived, unpacked the car, unloaded her dog, put sheets on the bed, took a walk, made a little dinner, had another glass of wine, finally sat down at her computer and managed to crank out one whole paragraph. The next weekend, the same thing happened. She arrived, took a walk, managed to crank out a second whole paragraph. On the third weekend of trying to work, she yelled out to the empty air, this is hopeless. You may have had that same feeling, trying to clean out your house after living there for decades, trying to finish five college papers at a time. You're trying to do your taxes and all of a sudden you're watching football. You need to be doing the dishes and all of a sudden Stranger Things is on. You're staring at a pile of bills or a classroom full of unprepared kids. Or when one doctor shuffles you to another, to another, to another, you too might want to yell out, this is hopeless. The gospel writer doesn't say, but we might imagine that Peter and his friends want to shout the same thing when they're all alone and the storm comes up. They're already tired, as we heard last week from Pastor Sarah. They have fed the crowd, and now Jesus has sent them on alone. And their day gets longer and longer and longer as the storm comes up, as they wrestle with the wind and the waves, ready to yell, this is hopeless, out into the storm. When Jesus comes walking over the water, they're not even sure that it's him. They have that moment of doubt. And so Peter offers this test. And in response, Jesus offers an invitation. Come on, walk on the water with me. And Peter does it, right until the moment when he starts to think too hard about it. When he starts to think, this is hopeless. After all these weekends of getting nothing done, Rosalind Zander says she had to do something different to finish her book. Finally, she decided that everything I do at the cabin is writing, walking the dog, taking a nap, making food, reading the newspaper, playing solitaire online, all of those things are writing. It's all part of the process. Even when her fingers were not on the keyboard, her brain was working on the book. And what if that's true for us too? What if everything is faith? What if everything is part of our connection to God? The farmer's market and gardening, putting kids to bed, doing paperwork, looking at our finances, driving, singing, going to meetings, folding towels, all are part of our faith. All are part of being with God. And so is failing. And so is falling. Peter steps out of that boat full of confidence. And only when his head takes over and he starts to think, this is hopeless, it'll never work. It's foolish. Who am I to think that I can walk on the water? 
does he fall into the waves. And Jesus reaches out his hand. The falling into the water is as much a part of our faith as walking on the water. The moments when we're ready to scream, this is hopeless. We're still in the middle of God's work. We're still ready to be caught by God. The times when we're battling the storm and the times when we're sitting quietly in God's presence are equally part of our faith. The times when by God's grace we glide over the water and the times when we take in a mouthful of water on our way down. It's all part of our faith. It's all our connection to God. It's all being in God's presence. When we hear Jesus talk to the disciples about having little faith, it sounds like a judgment. Take a minute to think about how you hear that voice in your head. Many of us grew up in churches where it sounds harsh. We were raised to hear it as a judgment, as a sign that we should be doing something better. But one writer says that it's an affectionate nickname. In the original language, it's a made-up word, which Jesus uses only for the disciples. It's an endearment for close friends. It can be understood in the vein of, ah, my worried little friends, are you fretting again? Translated into English, it might go something like, you little worriers, or you little faithies. He's teasing them the way our friends tease us about our coffee habit, or our snoring, or the color we wear all the time. Picture Jesus saying it with love, the way your friends talk to you. The author adds that Matthew seems to believe that the people of little faith are the ones worth teaching. The people who step out and fall into the water are the people there's hope for. Little faith is still a part of faith. Worrying is part of faith. Falling is faith. Failing is faith. Knowing that we can fail better. We can fail bigger. We can take a chance on falling into the water knowing that Jesus is going to reach out and catch us. We can fail at brand new things so we keep learning. All of it is our connection to God. All of it takes place in the presence of Jesus who looks at us with affection, who teases us when our faith is too small, who reaches out to grab us and catches us when we fall and when we fail and when we do everything else because it's all part of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.